As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. We are approaching the end of the third week of August. Big fantasy football draft weekends coming up this week, next week, and the week after. We're here to get you ready with a few more episodes of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Michael Beller, Jake Seeley, Brandon Funston here with you. On today's episode, we are going to discuss the players getting all that helium, the training camp hype players. It's going to pan out for some of them. History tells us it's not going to pan out for all of them. So we're going to discuss why they're getting the hype, if they should be getting the hype, what that hype should translate to or what we'd be comfortable with on draft day as a result of that hype. Really hit it from every single angle. And Brandon Funston, I mean, talk about someone who should be getting some training camp hype. It's you, my friend. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. I like that. Where's my training camp hype? I'm I'm looking for it, man. I I mean, maybe Jake should be giving it to you. I don't know because uh, you guys have seen each other. You guys have had the pleasure of getting together in person a couple of times uh, this summer. I have not been able to be part of that. So I I guess, uh, Jake, why aren't you hyping up Funston enough? Uh, I you completely broke up. So I had Jake, why you and I got I didn't get the rest of it. <laughs> why aren't you hyping up Funston enough? We're looking for yeah. where's Funston's oh. training camp hype coming from. I feel like it should oh, be you. I thought. I, well, I can't because he's not in the best shape of his life because he got sick. <laughs> That's true. I did lose. I did lose some good amount of weight though, which was a it was a, a positive byproduct of the yeah. sickness. So there you, you go. That. There you go. There you go. Absolutely. Well, guys, we are going to get into training camp hype players. We've got six guys down on our list here that we are going to dig into on this episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. And hey, we don't got any time to waste, so let's not waste any time. Let's start with Isaiah Pacheco, who is uh, getting a whole lot of hype coming out of Kansas City. It's just a, it's Kansas City. No Tyreek. Everyone wants to dog on CEH. It's sort of like the perfect storm. Pacheco wears number 10, so it's like very easy if you just like catch a highlight in passing to be like, is this a highlight of Tyreek from last year? Like, it's just, it's perfect what's going on there. Uh, Funston, how are you uh, absorbing this Pacheco hype, and how realistically are you taking it? Uh, semi-realistically. I mean, the one thing I'll say is Andy Reid is not like a, you know, he lives off of a, a player's pedigree. Like, 
Clyde Edwards Alaire, yeah, he took him in the first round, but you've also paired him with Daryl Williams, who was basically, you know, a nobody in terms of pedigree. And in the past, he's had guys like Spencer Ware and Sharkhandrick West, and he, Brian Westbrook was a guy that was, you know, not somebody that came yeah. out of college super hype. So it doesn't really matter to him where the where the player was drafted. And uh, I think the big thing here to watch is does Ronald Jones get cut? Because if he does get cut, then yeah, you're still going to be. I'm still going to be leaning Clyde edwards Lair as the most valuable guy here, but Pacheco could have a really meaningful role, and we could see, you know, a another situation like the Daryl Williams Clyde edwards Lair where you're seeing multiple backs out there. I don't think that Andy Reid is still in a place where he is like Clyde edwards Lair is my guy. It's going to be our bell cow. I think there's someone that's going to be figuring into that mix no matter what. And if Ronald Jones gets cut, like some people are saying, could happen then I think it's game on Isaiah Pacheco. Mm, my biggest thing about this is, uh, so he's either one-on-one, right? Because we're moving him up there like we did with Clyde Edwards-Alaire when Williams <laughs> stepped out for, for COVID. Like, oh what it comes God. down to is... That'll always be hilarious. That'll always be like, he was getting taken ahead of like Alvin Kamara that season. It just oh, and that's and I I say that tongue in cheek to say this it's because what I'll, what you led with Funston it's the Chiefs so everybody's involved uh-huh. with the fascination of it's the Chiefs I want a piece in this backfield I I don't disagree with the fact that Pacheco looks like the best option behind uh, Clyde Edwards Alaire right now but Clyde Edwards Alaire still got a vast majority of the run to start that game Pacheco got mixed in so he's the number two it sounds like Ronald Jones isn't even making the team which we speculated could happen and Derek Gore is you know more of a plotter between the tackles like he's going to be the third running back as of right now but maybe it's McKinnon as they pass catching up which way do they want to go the biggest thing here is let's settle down because Pacheco is going to get involved into the Tony Pollard conversation which is like now we're talking fifth, sixth round, because what happens if something happens to Edward Tolaire and Pacheco steps in? I don't think Pacheco's going to be a 20-touch guy. Like They're still going to involve Gore and McKinnon or bring in somebody who's been on this team before or anybody else. So I think that's where we need to pump the brakes. It's like, yes, he's very intriguing. Yes, go ahead and take the dart on him because if he's the backup option and something happens, he's going to probably lead the share. But don't start taking him around like the A.J. Dillons and Tony Pollard, who we know are going to be bell cow options if something happens. I just don't think the bell cow is in store for Pacheco. Yeah, is he like a Jamal Williams or someone like that where, you know, we, you know DeAndre Swift's not going to have a massive workload, but he's a clear lead in that offense. They're going to mix Jamal Williams in. Mm-hmm. It's, it's maybe something along that lines in my mind. Here is just a, the perfect distillation of training camp hype uh, in – NFFC drafts for the last week since August 8th. Um, Isaiah Pacheco, I just lost it. Isaiah Pacheco has an ADP of 145.58. Interestingly enough, Funston, the running back who he is right next to in the rankings, is Jamal Williams. Overall (laughs) players, uh, Tua, Mike Kosicki, Justin Fields, Devontae Parker, Nico Collins. So again, 145.58 over the last week. If you do just July drafts, 286.24 was Isaiah Pacheco's uh, ADP. So that is just like the exact thing that we are talking about when we talk about training camp hype. I I just, I get like, he's not on seat in CEH. Let's be realistic about this. And that doesn't mean he's not going to have a role to play for the Chiefs. Doesn't mean he's not going to have a role to play in the fantasy world. He's not on seat in CEH. So you have to be realistic about what you're doing with Isaiah Pacheco. Now, George Pickens, this one might be a little bit different, you guys, because there is a clear and obvious path to wide receiver two in Pittsburgh for George Pickens. And, 
you know, we're talking about a team that's going to be run by either Mitch Trubisky or Kenny Pickett, so certainly you could ask for better things, but that doesn't mean <laughs> it's a death sentence for wide receivers, and we've seen plenty of wide receivers. We know there's going to be plenty of them who have fine years, good years, with meh or even worse than meh quarterback. So George Pickens becomes, I think, a pretty interesting dude with the camp that he is putting together. Jake, how serious are you taking what we've seen from Pickens this summer? Mm, uh, confirmation bias, like the last episode, <laughs> just because this is coming from somebody that made the joke that Claypool went out there and announced a better wide receiver being taken by his team. So you're coming from somebody <laughs> yeah. who believes that Pickens, uh, again, you can play this with any rookies, never played in the NFL, but on a pure talent basis, if I told prospects of quarter, or wide receivers versus wide receivers, I'm going to take George Pickens. There was plenty of talk, and everybody saw it. The reason that he slipped in drafts was more because not his ability, but off-field issues. And we talked about during draft time, a few better teams and coaches, if any, to go to than yes. Mike Tomlin to help Absolutely. you manage off-the-field issues. So if it was just talent, everybody, including myself, had George Pickens as a first-round talent. He's better than Claypool. All it has to do with connecting in the NFL. The only concern is that it's not so much even Pickens versus Claypool and does he get past him. It comes down to what are the quarterback tendencies going to be? Because that's what we don't have here. We don't have, is Trubisky going to throw more to Fryermuth in the tight end? Does he throw more to the running backs? Because he actually throws a little bit more to the running backs than Ben Roethlisberger has, at least over his career versus Roethlisberger's past few seasons. Not that Najee Harris could go that much more higher, but, yeah, seriously. you know, it just the point is like, and what if it's picket? Like, what are the tendencies? We assume Deontay should be number one in a nice volume, and then it should trickle down to the number two and number three. But what if it's flat across the board and all three of them are getting fifteen percent, and then some sprinkled elsewhere? What if it's Deontay and Fryermuth, and then the third option? is the receiver, and the third option receiver is only getting 12%, whether it's Pickens or Claypool. So we can like Pickens over Claypool, but that could still also not necessarily be a fantasy boon for his value because of how the quarterback play is. Yeah, I don't know if there's a whole lot more to add. Um, you know, the touchdown he scored in the back of the end zone against the Seahawks was a thing of beauty. I mean, it was a great catch. Yeah, it was a beautiful it really was. throw. A, uh, Claypool did that last year. Let's remember, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I love I loved Pickens as a talent coming out. I mean, he landed in a good spot. And let me tell you, like, just from that game alone, if that's any indication, that fan base is ravenous to see Kenny Pickett be the quarterback. I mean, oh they were God. chanting Kenny P pretty much the whole second half. And uh, and he looked pretty good against Seahawks third string, which he should. But uh, we'll see. I mean, I, I have a feeling that if, if Trubisky struggles, it's going to be hard to hold that guy back. Yeah, that is totally true. And just, uh, he's got the story. I mean, Trubisky even has the anti-story, a suburban <laughs> Cleveland kid, you know, like right, grew right, up a Browns exactly. fan, all that fun stuff like yeah, it's just it's remarkable, but yeah, this is a this is definitely a George Pickens podcast because uh, this is a dude who uh, I don't care who the quarterback is in Pittsburgh. You're going to have to find him 110 times, I think, this season. Not that's realistic, but you know what I'm saying. This is someone who oh my God. demands Please? and commands <laughs> commands <laughs> attention. Speak really that into existence. Right, right, let's just do it. Let's just mention like drop it in into a podcast every now and then. And you know what? 110 targets for George Pickens. That sounds good. Right? Just keep dropping it in because this is something that would we would all love to see happen. That is for sure. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Another thing that we're loving to see happen, or at least that I'm loving to see happen, you guys, is what we're getting out of Brandon Ayuk at 49ers camp. Another one of these guys who is getting all sorts of training camp buzz. And it makes sense. It just When you look at Trey Lance and you look at Jimmy Garoppolo and then you size them up with Brandon Ayuk, uh, just skill set for skill set, Ayuk is a much better fit with Trey Lance than he was with Jimmy G. That's just, that's just a fact. Does it manifest itself in terms of bottom line production? We'll have to wait and see. But it's not a surprise that Brandon Ayuk, after the up and down first two years in the league, now teaming up with Trey Lance, having the first real normal offseason of his career, is starting to generate this training camp buzz. Brandon, how are you? Uh, is this affecting anything you're doing with your rankings or your drafts thus far? What's his? Do you guys either you know his ADP offhand uh, at wide receiver? Like, what? Yeah, what's can, he going? Can, what's he going at wide quick. receiver right now? Uh, 37.2. Yeah, I so I was no, just I don't know. I said I don't know. <laughs> okay, oh. sounds about right. Like he's in the thirties. Got to be about right. I assumed. I assumed you had it. Uh, it is. <laughs> no, nah, let's, let's see how good I am fooling you. Uh, damn, Jake. Yeah. Uh, eight, so I'm just got the overall eighty point four three makes him wide receiver thirty seven. Pretty good, Jake. Okay, and that's just ah! the last week. That is and that it, is localized to the last week. It's like this dress. is our job. It, well, here's the thing that's kind of surprised me. Just double checking where he finished last year. He was wide receiver 35 and half PPR in total points. And there were times when I he just was disappear. He disappeared for like weeks at a time. I went back and looked. He had six games of four fans half PPR fantasy points or less. That's terrible. That's basically a nothing. And like I'm still going to be a little bit concerned about that because it's going to be a run heavy offense. Maybe we see more Debo in the passing game than we saw last year. I mean, there was times when Ayuk was the number one wide receiver in this offense because Debo was basically in the backfield all the time. So mm-hmm. if you get a lot more Debo in in the passing game and George Kittle's healthy, like they're going to be, uh, you know, kind of almost nothing weeks from him still but i agree with you like the trey lance arm the ability to extend plays maybe open up the field deeper and you know allow Ayuk to catch the ball and it's great after the catch just like debo is like i think he can still finish mid-level wide receiver three again and like if last year he got wide receiver 35 when he was basically at, at, at some points disappearing like i don't see how there's any way he doesn't get to wide receiver 35 again this year yeah, and that that I'm okay with. Uh, my concern is, so to speak, is like how many pass attempts for Trey Lance. We've talked about that before. You know, Jalen Hurts, Trey Lance, Lamar Jackson, and it's not like I'm not pigeonholing the quarterback skill set because it could be he could turn into Josh Allen. Like that'd be the most lofty of lofty expectations for Trey Lance. But similar skill set, 
it's the passing volume when you have a quarterback running that much and what is usually more like that. And Lance is going to run more than Josh Allen. So then you go back to last year, as you were talking about Funston, you have 24% team target share for Debo, 19 for Kittle, who missed time. Ayuk at 17, who missed a little bit of time too and also got off to a slow start. So maybe that 17 can get higher. But if the 17 is going to get higher, somebody has to come back. You're still working with 100%. So does Debo take a step back down to 20 if so, we're overdrafting Debo. Does Kittle go from 19 and being one of the most consistent tight ends? Does he fall down to 15 and we're overdrafting Kittle? Mm-hmm. And so basically, it's if we're in on Ayuk, we have to be hurting somebody. Like we can't take Debo top 10, Kittle tight end three, and want Ayuk to be in the top 30. Like it just doesn't. Well, maybe the running backs are going to get zero targets. Like you <laughs> see what I'm saying? So like. I appreciate it, and I agree with you, Beller. I do think there's a little bit of stylistic fit with Ayuk, and maybe the end of the season Debo is who we get, who wasn't getting a lot of targets. It was more mm-hmm. the run. Remember, it was like four targets in some of those games, three targets in some of those games. So if that's the case, then we can be in all three. But if Debo is going to see a little bit of regression from the rushing side and it's going to be all passing, somebody has to take a hit here. Right, let's move it on to the guy who's going to get drafted first out of any of the players we're talking about, and that is Travis Etienne. Uh, Travis Etienne, uh, the the case for Etienne being a fantasy breakout this season, it makes itself, it's obvious to us, but it is nice to see a guy who we have this level of, uh, of hope for get all the buzz that he is getting coming out of Jacksonville. Uh, Jake, I mean, I know you liked him already before training camp started. Mm. Do you like him even more now? I like them at the same level because number one, one of my top breakout running backs, and I know what everybody's sitting here saying, Doug Peterson doesn't use a bell cow and blah, blah, blah. He majority, we talked about it on this show. The majority of the time with Doug Peterson, like he didn't use bell cows because he didn't have bell cows. And then when he drafted Miles Sanders, he did use Miles Sanders in a bell cow role. It wasn't 25 touches, but it was what we consider is like a baseline for a bell cow workload and percentage of snaps. What is ETN battling with? A rookie and Snoop Connor, Armstead, like potentially whatever. And then Robinson's still not on the field. I love how everybody wants to crap on <laughs> he wants to crap all <laughs> over the situation with like yes uh, that's what i was joking i was saying that because yeah, i know how much beller hates that it's like the situation with cam Akers, and everybody's like oh and i'm not saying this for you funson from the last show i'm just saying like everybody's like oh my god Akers, and he didn't look good and it's the achilles and blah blah and then everybody's like oh well james robinson's gonna be ready for week one everything sounds fun he's still coming he hasn't even stepped on the field and people are concerned about james robinson being the lead in that backfield I'm all over Trevis ATN for the biggest part of it, too, is I don't need him to be bell cow under Doug Peterson. I need 250 touches. That's not even a bell cow running back, but 250 touches under Doug Peterson. And this offense, which I think is going to take a massive step forward, 250 touches for most running backs under Peterson ends up checking in as what? A top 20 running back. So as you can tell, I am frothing at the mouth to get some <laughs> ETN this year. Yeah, and it doesn't have to. It's like. 250 touches but 50 to 60 of them through the air you know like exactly let's go and that's that's perfect um yeah i i i'm not in on james robinson anybody who has an achilles thing like yep. cam Akers, james robinson marlon mack mm-hmm. you just can't convince me uh that i'm i'm gonna be buying on those guys so yeah, i'm with you on etn i don't really have a whole lot more to add to that ETN's going to have to prove that he belongs next to these guys' names who I'm about to say, but I don't think any of us would be surprised if we're talking about him in a 
Alvin, Alvin Kamara, Jamal Charles type of way after this season. He's just that's the it's the same sort of skill set he brings to the table here, and I mean, very exciting uh, what he could be doing this season. You heard it here first. Beller's calling him Alvin Kamara. There you go. I'm basically <laughs> saying Travis Jamal Charles ETN every single time I say his name. There you go. <laughs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. How about Romeo Dubs, you guys? Uh, we know that there's going to be opportunity in Green Bay's passing game, and I think we assumed that uh, the rookie who was going to be uh, first in line was Christian Watson, but Romeo Dubs putting together a very nice summer for himself. How nice, Bunston, is it in terms of translating that to fantasy draft day stock? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm kind of like coming to Jake's side and Alan Lazard should just be the the clear-cut number one guy here but as far as like who's going to be the number two yeah I can get it on Romeo Dubs and you know the best uh, the best ability is availability and Christian Watson was the guy that was taken higher but knee surgery hasn't been mm-hmm. hasn't been able to practice and and here's the other thing it comes from a you know was in North North Dakota State where as a senior he caught 43 passes and that was his that was his high in college Romeo Dubs caught 43 passes as a freshman, you know, and went up every year since then and was was paired with Carson Strong and had 80 catches as a senior. He's a lot more developed in terms of, you know, the experience in the passing game than Christian Watson was anyways. And yeah, there's a lot to like with his talent as well. But again, he's the one who's actually on the field getting reps. He's the one who has more experience coming out of college. So is he going to end up, you know, beating out Christian Watson in year one at least for a while? I, I, that's that's an easy leap to make. So mm-hmm. yeah, you can I can get in as Dubs as the number two, but I, I'm I'm still Lazard as the number one guy. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I think that no, I was just going to jump in and say like if the Lazard feels like the easy answer here. Uh, even Robert Tunyon catching eight to ten touchdowns and just being a thorn in the entire side of any of the wide receivers for the touchdown mm-hmm. department mm-hmm. and that. I think it was a few episodes ago I referenced this like this is going to feel like the Tom Brady years where it was like who was the number one like that mm-hmm. was like the Dion Branch years like nothing taken away from Dion Branch Super Bowl but it really <laughs> comes down to is like it's just going to be like a collection and you know like the, the easiest answer feels like you know what if Lazard was going as a top 25 wide receiver I was like chill out because you know now you're paying for that peak value there potentially he's still a little bit more but that's you don't have to so Dubs like yeah it's nice Brandon Funston said it exactly. The availability is the best. What did you wait? Wait, how did you first ask the best? Abil- uh, the best ability, ability is, avail- is the yeah. availability. There you yeah. go. Yeah. So that that's that's puts a damper on Watson, who's also a little bit raw. Let's remember that too. Yeah. yeah. Very very true, man. I was one of those years. I was so pumped for David Patton, and it just didn't happen. 
I'm just I, I'm spinning ever since you said Dion Branch. My Seahawks traded a <laughs> traded a first round pick for Dion Branch. That was- <laughs> How'd that pan out? Good, not good. I don't remember. Not, not great. Not great. <laughs> yeah, no, not great at all. Uh, all right, one more guy, one more uh, player here to talk about you guys before we call it a show on this episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast, and that is Isaiah McKenzie. Just felt like it made some sense to throw him in here. We've been talking a lot about Gabriel Davis this whole summer, as we should be, but. Isaiah McKenzie expected to also play a larger role in Buffalo. We know they're hunting for some pass-catching help for Stephon Diggs. It's why they tried to get J.D. McKissick. It's why they did get James Cook. Gabriel Davis, he elevates as well. And Isaiah McKenzie elevates into a more important sort of traditional slot role there in Buffalo. Jake, is this, I mean, is he on your radar now at the very least? Radar, but the excitement similar to the Pacheco thing, he immediately went from being on a radar to almost overdrafted at this point already because now he's going near the top 40 wide receivers uh, recently because that's the excitement. Yeah, sure, he could be Cole Beasley, but James Crowder's not cut yet. Uh, I like Khalil Shakir, who has some similarities to stylistically Debo, and where I'm not saying that he's not going to be Debo, chill out, but, you know, could play that weapon in the short game and do something after the catch. And so uh, Marquez Stevenson, they tried to make a weapon, you know, so if Marquez isn't in the vault in the, in the equation, they cut Crowder. I start in So it might be slow to come along in this. It means I miss out on McKenzie this year, but I'm okay with missing out. Cause you're still getting Beasley at best, which is kind of that wide receiver right. three and a full P- PPR. And what if some of those targets spill down to making Knox more consistent instead of touchdown reliant? What if it's James cook, as you mentioned, and some of that, like Josh Allen starts to move towards the backfield, which he doesn't, he doesn't to his career. We talked about mm-hmm. that, but what if I'm just saying, it's not a guarantee. McKenzie's all of a sudden going to get 90 targets. And what is that? Like, quintuple or like sectuple his <laughs> targets from previous year like that's a, it's a massive jump yeah yeah it's cole beasley upside where was cole beasley being drafted when we knew he was the the slot receiver for josh allen he Lower. was going, Wide he was going late yeah exactly <laughs> i'm interested if, if as jake says if isaiah mckenzie owns the slot role i'm interested we saw cole beasley sit out a game last year against new england isaiah mckenzie filled in for him 12 targets 11 catches went over 100 yards had a touchdown look awesome i was like my god that guy looks awesome if he is the Every week starter at slot, they end up cutting Jamison Crowder. I'm definitely interested, but I'm not drafting for that just yet. I'm going to pump yeah. the brakes on that. So There's also going to be, I mean, I would expect a lot of carryover, especially with the other, like, you know, there were some wholesale changes on this offensive staff um, with Brian Dable leaving. Obviously, he took some people with him to New York, and so now you've got Ken Dorsey uh, running the offense and calling plays in Buffalo, and so... You would expect there to be a fair amount of continuity just for simplicity's sake, but there's going to be some changes, and maybe it's you know maybe it's there. Like I don't, just don't I don't think you can just assume Buffalo slot role with Brian Dable looks exactly the same this year. So it, that's all speculative. Also, um, yeah, Isaiah McKenzie, if uh, if he's fallen into your lap as wide receiver sixty five, that's cool. If uh, ultimately this uh, this hype and this helium has him at more as wide receiver forty, that's going to be an easy one for me to pass on. We are very happy that you out there did not pass on this podcast. Thanks so much for listening to the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. We are going to call it a show. We're going to call it a week. So have yourselves a great weekend. If you are drafting this weekend, good luck. We are back with you next week for Jake and Funston. I'm Michael Beller. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you soon.